everyone. Logan Chin here. You're listening to Senior Soliloquies. I hope everyone had a restful spring break. This week's guest is Alden Blackman. Alden is a applied physics major, avid sports fan, and a very talented fly fisher. And he also happens to be my housemate. In our podcast, Alden touches on a range of topics, including his experience as a freshman during the pandemic, his experience of social life here at Tufts, and gives some really good advice to underclassmen about how to sort of navigate college. Of course, as with every podcast, Alden touches on his hopes and goals for the future. Before we get started, I just want to issue a slight um, warning because Alden starts off the podcast talking about something that is quite personal to him um, and involves suicide. And, you know, he really candidly explains um, his mourning process and, you know, sort, sort of how he dealt with that really difficult period of his life. I think everyone will find Alden's commentary to be really valuable, but I know that can be a quite sensitive topic. So just wanted to let y'all know. But yeah, special shout out Alden because uh, we had a really interesting and informative conversation and I hope you'll enjoy it. And so I bring to you Alden Blackman. Okay, Alden, thank you so much for being on Senior Soliloquies. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, as with any guest, uh, we start the interview off with a 30-second pitch of who you are. So give me the rundown, where you're from, your major, general interests. How would you define yourself? Okay. Uh, I am Alden Blackman. Uh, I am from Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I tell people I'm from Providence because most people don't know where Pawtucket is. Uh, it's right next to Providence. Um, but I'm an applied physics major uh, here at Tufts. Um, I'm really into a lot of like outdoor activities, like specifically fly fishing. We'll get into that later. I really like skiing a lot. Um, I like, you know, just walking in the woods and just going to the beach. Any anything outside, I really I really enjoy. Um, I also really enjoy watching sports and especially watching sports with my friends and and talking about the games while they're happening and you know sometimes multiple sporting events as one, at once as you know very well i'm sure <laughs> yeah for context uh alden and i are good housemates so uh we, we do watch a lot of sports together what major are you uh i'm an applied physics major so actually what's funny is that you are the first guest on this podcast who is not a transfer student which means that you had a quote-unquote normal freshman year experience um, until obviously it got upended yes. by the middle of second semester um, take me back to that time. What do you remember of it? Okay, so my freshman year um, started out, I think, the same way most freshmen's freshman year does, where you're thrown into a building full of a lot of people you don't know, and you know it's kind of a uh, sink or swim type moment in terms of making friends or, or uh, you know being you know kind of a loner. And uh, luckily, I'm sort of an outgoing person, so. I, I was able to start making some friends and, uh, you know, start building some relationships, find some interests, you know, do do some little cheeky study study sessions for my uh, my classes that I was taking that semester. Um, and, you know, everything was going pretty well from what I remember. Um, and I made it to about Thanksgiving break before kind of my whole world got turned 
upside down, which was due to the fact that um, a very, very close family friend of mine died by suicide uh, at that point in freshman year. And, you know, that, like, it, it's it's still, like, it's something I don't talk about very often. Um, it's something you've heard me talk about recently, you know, for other reasons that we won't get into today. But, you know, it, it, it was something that was so shocking and so um, really sad for me to go through that I, I, in a way, didn't really even know how to react at the time, you know? I had a lot of, like, just emotions that I didn't really know how to deal with at the time. And, you know, luckily I I was smart enough to, like, go book myself an appointment with CMHS, you know, sort of before we went home for winter break at that point. But it was, uh, you know, it it really changed everything for me at that point in, in the semester to where... I was doing fine and felt like I was making friends and then sort of felt like I had all this stuff that was, you know, weighing on me and I didn't know people well enough to where I could really talk to them about it. Now looking back, if you could give your younger self some piece of advice, what would it be? Um... I would say, I mean, as it it relates to that specific event, I would say definitely put yourself out there more and and trust that, you know, these people are your friends, even though you don't know them that well. And like, don't don't be so closed off Mm -hmm. and you you will thank yourself for that, because, you know, I I think after that happened, like I, I kind of shut down, I stopped enjoying social life as much as I was before. And, you know, I, I like I, I borderline feel like I didn't know how to interact with people after that happened, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I mean, I, I think a lot of my friends didn't even know that that happened until like recently or like right before we got sent home for COVID, you know? Right. Like, so I would, I, the, the advice I would give myself is to you know, believe in your friendships, believe in yourself. And, you know, if you allow yourself to be vulnerable with people, they will take care of you. I also think there's something else to be said about letting yourself like mourn and almost suffer at the same time. Yeah. Um, And I'm wondering if there's like a healthy way to do that. Because on the other hand, I I can't imagine, I've never been through anything like this before. Yeah. Um, But I can't imagine myself forcing socialization. Yeah, I I think that's very true. And I I definitely think that I was doing that at the time, but I think I I probably like did it a little bit too much to like what happened between Thanksgiving break of that semester and uh, the end of that semester, I almost don't even remember, Mm -hmm. right? Because I mean, that's a time when people are obviously sort of going through finals and, you know, for the first time themselves. So I don't know if there was that much going on, but I definitely remember sort of being, I mean, it's, it's, it's what you said. Like I was, I was just sad, you know, it's really shocking and sort of, uh, I remember specifically my best friend, Aiden, who you also know. Um, shout out Aiden. Shout out Aiden. 
uh, I mean, Aiden knew my friend pretty much just as well as I did. And uh, we I remember we, like, talked, like, you know, a few days after it happened. And he was like, yeah, like, you just, like, it, it, what you said just now. Like, you got to allow yourself to be sad. Allow yourself to to go through this. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think for the most part it was uh, – it was just really hard to focus during that couple of weeks. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, I ended up with decent grades and everything. I mean, I, I wasn't taking that hard of a course load. It was mm-hmm. first semester. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I definitely erred more on the side of, um, you know, being reserved and and cautious and keeping to myself after that happened. And that definitely kind of carried into the second semester where we were there for like a few months and like people would invite me out to do things and I, I a lot of times would say you know no I'm not really feeling like it tonight which is very like okay but I feel like I sort of deprived myself of an opportunity to really like make like not like different friends but like you know, more solidify the relationships that I made. And that, and that was definitely compounded because of the pandemic. Because and being of the sent pandemic, home, yeah. right? What was that like? So yeah, that the, <laughs> that was also extremely hard. Um, when you are dealing with something that is as kind of weighing as uh, that death was for me in November. You know, getting sent home and, and having to live basically by yourself with your family and not leave the house for a period of what, like four months, not really the best thing for (laughs) your mental health. And, you know, I I noticed it for sure. Like I, I I, like remember like every day feeling more and more dejected, feeling like I couldn't focus on my work, feeling like, you know, I really like didn't want to like do school that much anymore. And like, you know, questioning like what I was going to like be after college and I know like freshman year is an earlier early time to be like thinking what am I going to be after college but like you're taking like you know it's you 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 go through this pandemic and you're stuck at home and like you don't like you don't know what the world is at that point you know and and you don't know where you fit into the world right so yeah I, I like I definitely noticed it in my studies, lost a lot of motivation. Um, I would say I I didn't really do a great job, like, keeping up with my college friends that I made at school. I was much more in touch with my high school friends at the time because I felt like I, like, really knew them and and could trust them. And, like, also, like, I'm sure you remember at that time, like, social interaction, like, took a lot of effort. You had Mm -hmm. to, like, organize, like, we're going to, like, play online poker at like this time and this is the zoom link right and like everybody might not be available you don't know but um like that that was pretty much social interaction like playing games online talking on the phone like and there's just not that much of that you know there's 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 not it's not the same as like when you can just walk around campus and like run into somebody in the library and have a little 15 second conversation with them you know like I would say, like, uh, like the things that I missed the most freshman year about since I went home was the really little social interactions mm-hmm. where you walk into the dining hall and 
you see like five different people who you like either know from a class or you met you know at a party in like a dorm room somewhere and like you just want to catch up for like five or ten seconds with them you know and that dining hall is the perfect place to do that and then you get sent home and like I don't know this person well enough to be like hey like wanna FaceTime later or I don't I probably didn't even have their number to be honest right right? so when you're when when you're deprived of something like that like it really really got to me you know like I uh yeah, like that. So that that end of that semester and into that summer, where I was working as a lifeguard, I noticed that I was just a lot more of like a negative person. I like, you know, struggled to see like the positive side of things, um, and I mean, I, I it, it really like showed up in a lot of my relationships. I treated people worse mm-hmm. as a a result of it, and I regret that. I really do regret like kind of how much I let that get to me during that second semester into that summer. But at the same time, like I also do acknowledge like, you know, I just as much as I was going through a pandemic, just like everyone else, like I was also going through this death that happened just a few months before at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. I guess before we transition to like junior year and senior year and like the good, the things that you enjoy about Tufts, um, was sophomore year any different? Were there any different themes yeah, that semester was horrible. <laughs> that was, there's no other way for me to despite it being better. Yeah, it was it was better than taking classes at home, but it was just objectively awful. Um I was taking I think 5 classes. Uh all of them were online. There was no hybrid. So my daily schedule pretty much looked like wake up, go to DeWick, get whatever slop they were serving that day, bring it back to my room, <laughs> go to class <laughs> in my computer, um, do nothing until my next class, go to my next class, probably go get more DeWick slop, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, repeat until it's time to go to bed. And this this was compounded with the weekends not being really fun and rewarding I guess I would say like there was no payoff to all of this misery that was happening during the week on the weekend and I got to the point somewhere in that semester where I just could not take it anymore Mm -hmm. and I decided that I would not return to Tufts until it was semi back to normal meaning in-person classes and less restrictions and I made that decision partially because of what I just said. I couldn't take it anymore. But it was also, like, I viewed it as a waste of not only money, but, like, a waste of time. Like, there's – you only get eight semesters here at Tufts, right? Or, or, I mean, I'm I'm taking seven since I took that one off. But Mm -hmm. you get eight semesters, and the way I saw it, like, two of them were just getting completely sort of muted, I guess, for me. Like, two of them were going to be complete – nothing semesters. So my idea was to move to um, a, a place where I could be a lift attendant at a ski resort and be a lift attendant for a semester. And uh, that's what I did. I, I moved to, um, I think the place was called Laconia, New Hampshire. Um, and I became a lift attendant at this little mountain called Gunstock, 
Um, and I, I did that instead of going to school that semester. And Aiden coincidentally did that as well. And um, our other friend, whose name is also Aiden from Rhode Island, uh, also did that. So uh, it was kind of the three of us sharing this uh, this house that is an Airbnb. And we got at like a discounted rate because we were running it for four months. And, you know, I, I sort of had this dream that that would be the semester that like I would really like find myself. I was going to become like this like really good skier and, you know, really like embrace my passions that I talked about at the beginning, you know, because New Hampshire also is like great for non-skiing things in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. It's obvious. Um, And I, I had, I think, a lot of expectations going to that semester and they were not met. And I, I sort of was met with this just idea that, you know, this dream that I had was not going to be the way I expected it to be. And it was going to be a lot of the same things that were really painful for me going through that um, spring 2020, fall 2020, and now into spring 2021, a lot of the things that were bringing me down were still with me at that time. Mm -hmm. Like I was... I was still I, I was still feeling isolated. I was still feeling um, like I, I couldn't really like connect with people as well as I used to. And I felt like I, I wasn't treating people as well and and I wasn't getting treated as well back. And, you know, from my, my relationships that, you know, I felt like were already well established. And, you know, that being compounded with the fact that this you know, dream semester that I had planned out didn't go the way I wanted to was uh, was also kind of, you know, really upsetting to me. So that that semester, you know, I think like I'll look back on it as like, you know, probably nothing during spring 2021 was going to be ideal, right? COVID was still around. There was no vaccine yet. Um, so... I try to focus on the positive things, which is that, like, I got to ski more days than I have in any other winter that semester. Yeah, and I got the- to I, – I, I really I, – I got much better at fly fishing that semester too, right? But that's not to say that, like, it was a great time or anything. It, you know, I was, I was not really doing well during that semester at all. So our junior and senior year, yes. which is this year and last year, were drastically different than our first Way two years in college. Different. Generally speaking, what positives do you take from these past two years? Definitely my friendships. Um, Being able to live with you guys and live around the corner from Greenleaf and live above uh, like Caleb and Bailey last year. um, Like those are really some of the people who I'm tightest with probably in the whole world. And I think that that's mostly because I've put a lot of time into those relationships and, you know, a lot of us share common interests where we can all talk about sports together and watch sports together and, uh, you know, watch movies together too. And and yeah, so I I would say my relationships are the thing that I I take away the most from those two years um, because it was just so great to come back and sort of be in a regular feeling world again. And 
once you were like once I was able to just like really be back around these Tufts people that I had ditched for a semester, it just felt so good to get back to doing the things that I really liked doing with them, you know? So yeah, I would I would say that's the 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 number one positive I'd take away. Is there something about Tufts as an academic institution that gives rise to these types of friendships or contributes to your happiness in that way? Or do you think, and this could be true, do you think it was literally just a product of like, restrictions are not here anymore, we're in this really cool environment with each other and we you just made great friendships out of it? Um, I mean, I think the academic environment plays into just more like how equipped people are to have interesting conversations, hmm. right? So like you you run into so many people here, like I'm an applied physics major, you're history econ, we live with two data science majors, like there's all kinds of engineering majors we're friends with, like you have all these people who are, you know, pretty good, like decent social skills, like it's really just interesting to hear people's perspective on whatever the, the, the topic of conversation is from, from their background, right? So it's really interesting to talk with my CS friends about like what they think about like AI and chat GPT and like how that's going to change the world. And like, you know, it's really interesting to talk about you, talk about that with you as well, because you bring a whole nother kind of perspective of, of how that like might change everything. Right. So I think that the like education and, and the, the academics like help, like just make people like more interesting to talk to, but like I don't really like tend to talk that much with people about what they're actually studying. Mm -hmm. At least I don't think I do. Sometimes may maybe I do. <laughs> you 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 talk with me more than most people, so you might be able to correct me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to think about that before giving a definitive answer. But that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to fly fishing um, because for as long as I've known you, fly fishing has been a passion that I think you self-identify with. Yes, I would very much agree with that. So what does, well, first of all, not everyone knows what fly fishing is. So what is fly fishing? And then tell me, what does it mean to you? Okay, so um, I, I'm gonna attempt to give my, my best uh, explanation that I can over a podcast without hand motions and <laughs> <laughs> little like, you know, diagrams or videos or whatever. But fly fishing is a form of fishing that you do um, with a, a long and a, a lighter weight rod. Uh, and the principle of it is that the projectile that you are throwing is so small that it cannot be propelled by its own weight. So it has to be propelled with some other form of weight, right? And the way that this is done where you can get it to go accurately where, where you want it to go uh, which is in front of the fish, hopefully. Um, it uses a, a thick, like, I, I can't come up with a, uh, you know, actual, like, you know, diameter thickness, but like a thick, almost like a rope, but not, not a rope, like a thick line that has weight that you can throw back and forth like it's a whip, right? And it takes a lot of skill and a lot of practice to learn how to do this cast effectively, and learn all the different casts that you need for each situation. And then there's also what I'm going to call the game side of things where 
once you learn like how to actually mechanically do it, then you have to learn how to fool the fish, which is a completely different challenge within itself. And I think the reason why I like it so much is because there's so much technique involved, but it's also problem solving. It's also thinking about what situation am I in right now? Um, where is the fish probably likely to be? Um, how do I need to present this fly to the fish so that I can get it to, uh, to, to think that it's something that it wants to eat? And then once you actually get it hooked, you have to bring it in and, and put it in the net. So there's so many moving parts, so many things to, to think about while you're doing it that I think it's just so great and I'm really passionate about it. And you throw the fish back in, just for clarification. For right? clarification, I am a cash and release fisherman. It's just, it, that's not even, it's just not what it's about for me. I, I enjoy it because of the, the chase and the game of it. And yeah. You probably have a lot of memories growing up fly fishing with your father, with your friends. I think I asked this before, but I'm going to ask it again. What does the sport mean to you on a personal level? So on a personal level, um, absolutely, it was something me and my dad did, did together growing up. I didn't start out as a fly fisherman. I started out as a bait fisherman with worms and, and a bobber, as most kids do. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of times on the weekends, like, we'd be looking for something to do, and I'd be like, Dad, want to go fishing tomorrow? Dad, want to go fishing today? Want to go fishing tonight? And every time I asked him, pretty much every time, he would say yes. And you know, we would go on these adventures all over middle of nowhere Rhode Island, um, which is kind of just the area that is south of Warwick and and west of uh, west of East Greenwich. I'm gonna say. I mean, I don't know. I, I have to look at a map. But we would go on all these adventures all over the place. Uh, what my dad would call a boondoggle, um, waking up early in the morning. Most of the time, we wouldn't even catch a fish, and I, I just loved it. I loved going around with my dad, and you know. Every time we did catch a fish, like, it was just, like, the most exciting thing in the world to me. And I got, like, addicted to that. And I wanted to catch more fish and bigger fish and learn more about fish. And it, it just became my thing. I wanted, I wanted to, to – it, it just felt great to have a thing to, uh, to become passionate about at that time. And then uh, I really started getting into fly fishing more – around like my senior year of high school. Like I, I had done it before then, but I wasn't like really into it until then. And then senior year of high school comes around and I just have all this free time in the spring. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend my senior project just kind of fishing around Rhode Island and seeing what I can do, right? So then pandemic comes around. You're stuck inside. There's uh, not much to do. The thing that you can do is do outdoor activities where you don't go close to people and you're you're pretty much by yourself. Or for me, I was with my dad all day. So the pandemic was really a great opportunity for me to improve my game and like really like learn new tactics and explore new rivers and um, like just learn a lot more about fly fishing. And, you know, you know, that spring I fished quite a bit. That fall, I'm sure you remember, fall 2020, um, I, I would I would go, like, every weekend. Like, there wasn't much going – as I said earlier, there wasn't much going on. So I would just, like, take off, go fishing for a day, and uh, then come back and 
hang out in our room. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then, you know, as I said, like, New Hampshire was also great for that, uh, for, for fly fishing. And just, ha- you know, having this whole year where I was just doing it so much, I got really good at it. And when you're really good at something, you know, you just want to keep doing it and keep getting better. So it's, uh, for me, I, like, I, I do it because it was something that gave me a lot of joy growing up. And I became really competent at it throughout the pandemic. And like, for me now, it's just a way to like, go blow off steam and like, turn my brain off for a few hours and like, not look at my phone, right? Because I feel like there's so little opportunities for that throughout life in in, in this world, where just like having a day where you just go and completely focus on one thing, which is what I do in fly fishing is is really rare and it's really amazing for me. It's also nice um, to view your passions also as a source of solace in your darkest times. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely. what's super powerful about something like fly fishing. Yeah. Um, let's transition to your other passion, which is sports. Now, abstractly, I've always thought about this. Sports is fundamentally just a game with a ball and usually it involves a ball. Sometimes it doesn't. And there's some objective involving the movement of the physical body, yet somehow millions upon millions of people are captivated by it. Why do you love sports? Um, okay, well, I'm going to start very similarly how, to how I started with fly fishing. Sports was something that I would watch with my dad and with my friend Jeffrey a lot growing up. And luckily, being from the New England area, um, our teams were quite good, and we uh, we won a bunch of championships. And... So watching sports was a rewarding experience. And, you know, I, the more sports you watch, the more knowledgeable you come about it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's what you said. It's, it's, it's just a game with a ball. But, like, I think that there's some element up to, of it that, like, it feels good to, like, identify with a team and with a fan base and, you know, follow all the storylines that are happening with each season and, you know, kind of thinking about, like, like the legacies of different players. And and, um, I also think it's really cool to actually just watch the game and think about the strategic aspects and and like, all right, well, this is happening here. What does he need to do now or or that, right? So I think it's, yeah, that's what I'll say there. (laughs) And I also think there's something to say about sports bringing people together and being the focal point of your slash our friend groups. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it brings people together. Um, it's like a lot of the time, like it's just, it's something to, to talk about, you know, like it, sit, sitting around and watching a game together is one of my favorite things to do with people, no matter who. For this last part of this podcast episode, I want to dedicate it to reflection. Now, I want you to reflect on your past four years. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot and talked about how those passions, you know, such as fly fishing and sports are interwoven and play a big role in your past four years. At Tufts and maybe more generally, how do you think you've grown? Yeah. So uh, I really think that the largest way that I've grown uh, has to be 
just in terms of my like mental awareness about myself, going back to what I was talking about earlier. Um, looking back, like I, I think that I have a lot more like intelligence about sort of how I feel and and how that affects the way that I act and you know other ways that it manifests in my life that I didn't know sort of when I was going through the pandemic and that loss that I was experiencing earlier and I I'm so glad that I a you know started going to therapy which I wasn't doing during the pandemic and I really feel like I got much better at just like taking care of myself and like knowing not just like that I was feeling a certain way at any point in time, but like why or like why, you know, I felt like a certain conversation felt really awkward to me when in reality, maybe it was just a regular ass conversation. Right. So I think that that's the biggest way I've grown. Um, I think that I've gotten a lot better at also kind of choosing like what I value and, and like what I want to um like what 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 I care about and, and what I want to kind of pursue in life. Like I think I viewed myself coming into college as like, you know, somewhat of like an academic almost and like, you know, I've, I I <laughs> it's going to sound crazy the way I say it now, but like I felt like I was going to like, you know, like discover the next big thing or like invent something. I mean, it, it literally sounds crazy the way it comes out of my mouth right now. And I think now I, I care a lot more about more like the people side of things and like making sure that I take care of my relationships, be good to people and, uh, you know, kind of being so driven and so, you know, wanting to to be like, as I said, like, you know, some like big thing, like it w just is not important to me at all anymore. Like I think I, I view myself as I'll, I'll go into some kind of like technical field and, you know, that'll be my job and then I'll have my life on the side of my job where I'll have my friends, um, I'll go fly fishing, I'll watch sports and, you know, do things that I really like, you know, because I kind of discovered at some point in school that like, I don't really, you know, like school that much, you know, I'll do school. Uh, I, uh, I will do my homework and I will, I will do a good job on it, but I'm certainly happy to be moving on from that stage of life at this point. I'm going to ask you if you have any regrets. Now, some people don't have any regrets and that's like sort of a life philosophy. Um, but I want to ask you, keeping in mind that you're at the stage now where you've come to these realizations about what really matters in life. Yeah. So given that, do you have any regrets? Yeah. I regret that I did not sign up for more clubs at the freshman career fair. I, uh, or not the career fair, the club fair. Um, I kind of went to that, walked around for a few minutes, didn't really see much that caught my eye. And if I did, I kind of went to the GIM and nothing after that and I never like found like a niche 
Like, I, I have my niche thing, which is fly fishing, but I never found, like, a club here where there's just, like, a community of people who are brought together by something that is unique, right? And I wish that I had found that freshman year or even sophomore year, but sophomore year was obviously the pandemic and couldn't really do that. But, yeah, I wish that I had signed up for, for more clubs or if not clubs, just at least, like, thrown more darts against the wall mm-hmm. and, you know, hope that that one of them sticks because, like, there's so many interesting people at this school, right? And I feel like by not doing that in the years that I, that I spent here, like, I, I I deprived myself of, you know, meeting people or, or meeting entire communities that I could have met, right? I think that's probably really sage advice to uh... – underclassmen and people just coming to the school right yeah like throw as many darts on the board as possible and something is going to stick and whatever sticks will mean a lot to you throughout your time in college definitely definitely and like like a lot of times like you talk to people here who or or any college who like we're just complete like I, i have a friend from home who joined a uh an improv comedy group at at his uh his school which is vanderbilt right and knowing this kid growing up, like, I would never have guessed that for him. But, like, that is his group now. Like, that's that's his thing. He he does all the shows. He goes to all the practices. I, he might even be in some kind of leadership role. Um, and he's, like, become, like, a really, like, like, he was a funny dude growing up. But he's, like, even more funny now for being an improv. So, like, you know, it, like, I don't think he would have thought of himself as, like, you know, being this legendary, like, improv kid five years ago and I think that everyone in college should like basically throw out and Gaia said this on the podcast a couple weeks ago like throw out this idea of who you who you think you are and who you're going to be as a senior in high school because it means nothing you gotta come to college with an open heart and you know as as we both said like try a million different things and you'll guarantee you'll like one of them guarantee Let's transition to the future, either career-wise or personal or both. What are your ambitions for the future and what are your goals? Um, so in terms of my career, um, I want to use my applied physics degree to work in some fields such as like engineering or like technical consulting or whatever. but. I really want to be involved in the field of energy and specifically renewable energy. Um, one of the my favorite classes that I took here at Tufts uh, was called Energy and Science and Society, and that's where I kind of learned about what the situation is with how we use energy in America, um, which obviously we use a lot of it, and it's pretty much all generated by fossil fuels, and learning about how we can produce uh, renewable forms of energy and what the implementation of that would look like. And, you know, it, it was kind of a overwhelming conclusion to the class to, to sort of be faced with, you know, like we're here and we need to be here. And it's a podcast. You can't see that. But I just like the gap is pretty the large. gap is large in terms of how much energy we need to 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 make up in, in renewables. But like, I think that's the exact kind of problem that like our generation is is built to solve, right? I'm really into 
numbers and you know anything that has to do with you know calculations and and, and like hard like analysis and, and data like that those, those have been my skills that I feel like I've built up the most in college so I want to really apply it to making this situation better and hopefully making the world a better place as a result what about on a personal level on a personal level um I don't really know yet I just really want to keep fly fishing and you know I think I want to make sure that while I do that like I try new things in the way that I fly fish and try you know different locations or fishing with different people or you know just like thinking about it differently every time I go, right? But I don't want to like lose the passion and lose the uh, sort of like excitement I get every time I start the car up early in the morning to go. Um, you know, that that's really one of my favorite feelings in the whole world. So I want to keep fly fishing. I want to evolve in the way that I fly fish. Um, I want to... Uh, maintain you know my bestest relationships from college i want to um i don't know like a, a lot on a personal level i really don't know what the future holds and i feel like that's kind of a good thing to as i said earlier go at it with an open mind and <laughs> throw a lot of darts against the board and hope something sticks you know that is a fantastic <laughs> life philosophy i love that um all right, Alden, we're coming to the end of the podcast. For this last question, I'm going to ask if you could choose one song that you associate with these past four years, what would it be? All right, so I heard this question on the Gaia podcast. I've been thinking about it. Um, there's a lot of different directions you could go here. Um, you could play. You could choose Headlines by Drake. That's the... Uh, that's the song we played when uh, Donald Trump got COVID during uh, <laughs> sophomore fall. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! Totally forgot about that. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I, you know, and, and you know, I was sort of playing through my my Spotify and trying to think of the song that really uh, encapsulates just like a vibe that I want to associate with with Tufts. And the song I'm going to choose is going to be "Baby Blue" by Action Bronson featuring Chance the Rapper. Um, I really feel like it has a great kind of upbeat energy to it. And uh, I, I like Chance, and I just think it's a really good song. Yeah, it's a banger. Okay, Train. Also, people don't know this, but uh, I guess. Should I tell the story? It's a quick story. I say it's a long it's, story. Yeah, it, it, it's a quick story. So I, I call, I and a bunch of Alden's close friends call him Train. Train, do you want to give the backstory for Train? Backstory. So, uh, growing up, uh, one one of my friends and I were in seventh grade history class together. First day of school, teacher goes around the room and says, "Say your name or what you like to be called." And uh, my friend leans over to me and he says, "Alden, you should say you like to be called A Train." And I say, "Like what? No, I'm, I'm not doing that. No." And I say, "My name is Alden. I like to be called Alden." But after that class ended. Uh, he started calling me A-Train. And, you know, the next day, next week, a few more people started calling me A-Train. And then, you know, within a month, everybody was calling me A-Train, including my best friend Aiden, who I've talked about multiple times throughout this podcast. And 
Therefore, kind of everywhere that Aiden and I have gone together where after Train was invented, and he's called me Train, it's just been such a, a catchy nickname <laughs> that, you know, people just hear it and they're like, I got to join in on that. And, you know, I, I like it. It's a, it's a nice little nickname. And uh, that's uh, – I, I, I appreciate uh, – I, I respond to both, so – if you if you meet me out there, any of you one day, you can call me Train or Alden. I'll respond. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's a cute little nickname and, uh, yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I love it. You know, in uh, my phone, your contact is just Train. Really? That, that's it. That's it. Just Train. That's awesome. And the T is lowercase. No. <laughs> um, all right, man. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.